Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moist and not coming in saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them and um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. In plastic surgery, we often see lots of new fads and trends. Some things last a little bit longer and some don't. We have the emergence of the Brazilian butt lift. That's very popular at the moment. There's also things that are becoming less popular, like very big boobs. So today we've got Dr. Bloom and Dr. Taylor here with us. Then they're going to talk to us about what's a fad and what's here to stay and what we're most likely going to see in terms of trends in 2021. Welcome, Richard and Kim. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Well, first off, let's talk about the things that you're really seeing at the moment, which is on trend in terms of plastic surgery. I think uh, the big thing I've seen for 2020 is mummy makeover. Um, mummy makeover has just been the uh, uh, biggest increase of any overall procedure for my practice for sure and so what we mean by that it's not really a new operation but it, it's just a, a term that we use that combines pretty much any breast surgery with any body surgery so it could be a, a tummy tuck and a breast implant it could be a breast reduction and liposuction it could be a lift and a, and a body breast lift and a body lift uh, but I, I'm not sure why this has become so so much more popular but obviously i think through social media and people being aware that these things can be combined and also i suppose because people are busier so it means one downtime one visit to hospital one recovery period so yeah i think mummy um, makeovers has been the, the big trend for 2020 as far as i can well, tell well that was going to be my next question is it better in terms of the patient as well as you guys to get it all done at once yeah, for sure. I mean, within reason, as long as it's safe to do so. Uh, so if it's someone's fit and healthy and you, you can get the operation done in a reasonable amount of time, the analogy I always use is if, you, if you're catching a plane to Perth and you, you stop off in Adelaide along the way, so that'd be like doing the operation in two parts, is that more dangerous or more risky than if you fly from Melbourne to Perth? And the answer is it's probably about the same. Probably the riskiest part of any of our procedures is the anaesthetic with all due respect to our terrific anaesthetists um, uh, who make it extremely safe. But I think if you're looking at any operation, the actual time when you go off to sleep and when you come up awake is probably the most dangerous time. So that balanced off against a, a longer operation and potentially slightly more blood loss, it, it kind of evens itself out, I think. Mm. And is this something that you're definitely seeing as well, Kim, or mummy makeovers? I think so. And I think a lot of it is awareness as well, that patients are just talking about these things a, 
a bit more. Um, there's, uh, you know, private forums and um, people are sharing their stories um, a lot more. And so it's become less of a taboo type of um, topics, these sort of things. And also the, there's a lot of it that is um, is medically indicated. So whilst at the moment um, the government has withdrawn um, Medicare funding for women to have um, their tummy tuck for and muscle repair, we, we sort of believe that there's definitely medical benefits from having an operation like that. So mums that have had um, a couple of kids or multiple pregnancies, and they're, they're just a lot more aware that, um, you know, the appearance uh, is not the primary reason to do an operation like a tummy tuck, that um, they can get genuine medical benefits and benefits to their back pain and their posture and numerous other things that I don't know if it's a way that they can then sort of feel like they're justifying they can have these procedures or, or just more of an awareness that, oh, you know, this is what is going on with me and there are operations that can fix that. So I think... The social media has, you know, it gets a bad rap, but I, I think a lot of it is actually very supportive and informative and um, patients really at the moment are, and this is something I think that's actually trending a lot more this year as well, that patients are supporting each other online unbelievably, um, and particularly through these forums and um, private groups, and but um, creating their own groups and messaging each other, and it's the new word of mouth really. Um, these these people become very very close friends almost online, and in real life sometimes too, um, f from having similar journeys together. Exactly what I was thinking as well, Kim. I think another trend, which is not specifically a, not obviously a surgical trend, but it's this move from maybe corporatized uh, review sites uh, that people had started up into private groups, and we've got our own Facebook group. Uh, where where it becomes a community, which you know, we love because it, it's it's patients helping other patients, and they're better educated and better supported. So, I mean, not a specific surgical trend, but definitely a trend that we see in in our patient groups that they they have access to this wonderful information and support. That's great. And the thing that we did discuss in discuss in the intro is that everyone is interested in at the moment, they're not necessarily getting it, but they're interested in it, is the Brazilian butt lift. Richard, take us through quickly what it is and why is it so popular? Pretty much a week wouldn't go by where someone doesn't ask me about it. So what it is, is where you take fat from one part of the body, sometimes the tummy or thighs, and inject it into the buttock area to make a, a bigger butt. Um, popularized obviously in Brazil in terms of the body shape, uh, which is where the name came from. But it is by far the riskiest plastic surgery, if not the riskiest surgical procedure on the planet. So the risk of dying on the table from an operation like that is less than one in 3,000 patients. And the reason for that is the fat inadvertently gets injected into a big vein which you can kind of try and avoid, but you can't 100% control for. The, the fat goes up to the lungs and that's it. You, they're not, it's not even something you can resuscitate wow. from. So they're actually pretty risky procedures. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And and that's why it's an operation that neither Richard or I, um, that we actually do, um, despite getting asked about it quite frequently. Is there a certain kind of woman or man uh, that comes in and asks for that particular surgery? Oh, they generally don't get get to come in to see us because um, we it's an operation that we don't do so we we don't want to waste um, patients time but um, as Richard said yeah we get um, phone calls and online inquiries for um, the, that sort of procedure frequently um, and because we don't do it we don't um, we don't book those patients in for a consultation and other than my feelings are other than the risk of the surgery like it's definitely a fad and a trend um, and it's one that you can't easily reverse so um, whilst there's you know different clothing styles and haircut styles that come in and out of fashion um it, it, it's pretty crazy some of these surgical things and and that's probably one of the main ones i think that um really is going to go out of fashion at some point and there's going to be all these uh, mostly women with large bums walking around that um you can't really do liposuction to suck it back out again because they'll end up with saggy, wrinkly skin. And um, I, I just think it's it's a bad trend and a bad <laughs> something I don't want to get it be a part of. And is it one of those things that obviously women that have certain body type, it's going to look better and possibly work better on them? Do you find that there's lots of women that I guess are not endowed with thick hips and, and a nice voluptuous but that maybe want something that's not realistic or achievable? Probably. I mean, it goes back to what we've talked about many times about fat crafting and there's a limit to how much fat that you can actually inject and expect it to survive. So if you often see these cases on Instagram and they'll show an on-table result uh, with a, you know, all the fat injected and obviously at that point it's all still sitting there, but you don't often see photos sort of six months down the track where to see how much has survived or if you do get a good result, you don't often know maybe how many trips to op the operating room that they've had and they, they may have had two or three visits to, to get to the volume that they want to have. The other group that you see it in are the massive weight loss patients where they've got saggy butts, but I, they, I think they do better having a, a buttock lift rather than trying to fill it up yeah. with fat. That makes sense. Now let's talk about men. Are men getting more surgery at the moment, more plastic surgery? Uh, we, we certainly see a proportion of um, men as our patients. Um, guys are body conscious as well. Um, the main procedures that we would see um, men for would be after weight loss as well, so tummy tucks and body lifts and um, the other operations um, in terms of body contouring that go with that, um, thighs and arms. Uh, but the other... Um, main operation or main condition that men would come in to see us about that may or may not be related to um, weight loss is called is a condition called gynecomastia um, and otherwise called um, moobs or man boobs, <laughs> um, which is not so nice. But it is a medical condition um, and that these men, and often their normal weight, um, have breast tissue that's out of proportion to um, what they should have. Um, and so there's definitely an operation um, or several different types of operation depending on um, what's exactly required um, for those uh, 
those patients. Um, and again, it's it's like everything else that there's there's a bit more awareness that this is this is actually a condition. It's a medical condition, and there's um, generally um, if there's no underlying cause for it, there's a surgical. Um, treatment that can be offered for them. And so it's growing in terms of popularity. Do you think that's a fad or do you think that's actually something that's going to stay around men being more open to getting surgery in the future? 100% it's going to increase. Yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's a um, I definitely don't think it's a fad, like, and it's not. It's not because it's something that's sort of trendy to do. Men, are, you know, caring for themselves as well, like like women are, and aware of the procedures that can be done to improve their appearance. Something that we've talked about before is that big boobs are out, and that smaller, more natural is in. Would you guys still agree with that? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, Every single breast augmentation patient that we see wants to have a natural appearance. No one, and that's different to, to maybe 10 years ago where some people would come in and, and want a fake look. I think that is very uncommon now in our practice and pretty everyone wants a, a nice, uh, almost a, a very subtle look that most people down the beach are not going to be able to tell. Um, but, you know, obviously they're going to know and it just gives them better shape. They, their clothes fit better, their bikinis fit better, they can fit into a bra. Um, and that's, you know, whether you're coming uh, up from no breast tissue or coming down from large breasts, everyone wants that no bra, smaller, natural breast shape. And are we seeing people that did have big implants choosing to downsize? Yeah, definitely. So that's, you know, being becoming experts in and specialising in aesthetic breast surgery, we certainly see uh, a lot of revision cases now. And a common uh, thread would be someone who had you know big round implants placed many years ago, and now they want you know, a smaller, more perky, uh, more natural shaped breast. So that is definitely things that we see more commonly now. And are there any other trends that you're both noticing at the moment? in terms of plastic surgery? I, I think just because of awareness, an operation like breast reduction, um, I, I definitely feel that we're seeing patients over a wide range of age groups. Um, whereas in the past, maybe that mostly we would have been seeing women um, after they've completed their families, so that in their you know late 30s or 40s or um yeah, probably not a whole lot older than that because then they think, oh, I'm 50, it's too late to have surgery. So um, I'm certainly seeing some girls um, as young as 18 um, and 20 that are coming in um, to talk about breast reduction surgery because they are aware that, you know, their breasts are massive for their size and that they're really hindering them in all sorts of um, life activities, getting clothing that fits, exercise. Um, and so also with the information that's out there that um, in the past they've probably been told by their GP, oh, you can't, you can't have this operation until you've decided whether you want to have kids or whether um, until after you've had kids. But now they're aware that, you know, that may be an issue, but it's something that, um, that they want to start the conversation now um, at a younger age and say, look, I'd rather um, have surgery now, get myself comfortable, be able to live my life for the next 10, 15 years without lugging around these huge breasts and then deal with a 
consequences of that. If I, if I can't breastfeed, then, you know, so be it. Um, although a lot of these patients probably still can. Um, and if their breasts do change after having um, pregnancies, then they're, they're quite aware that they, they may be able to have more surgery down the track. Um, and the other thing is the other age end, um, age end, end of the age spectrum um, is that I've done breast reductions on uh, women's in their, women in their 60s and I think I've had a 70-year-old patient wow. as well, that, you know, fit and healthy and she's like, I'm just totally sick of this and, <laughs> and you know, obviously have the conversation that they wish they'd done it 30 or 40 years earlier. Um, wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. While we're talking about age – Anti-aging seems to be the fad at the moment in terms of beauty products as well as plastic surgery. What's some of the things that you're seeing there, Richard? Well, I think it's, it translates across what we were saying from uh, breast surgery. So uh, uh, women are not wanting to have a result that looks obvious or fake and they want, they want more fullness in their lips or in their cheeks or a subtle change to their crease lines it's, uh, so they want more, you know, less product maybe, um, but in in and to look more natural, so that people uh, don't necessarily are aware that they've had something done. So it's the same trend across in in just a different area of what the services that we offer. One thing that we have talked about outside of the podcast was Zoom calls and selfies and the fact that people are actually seeing themselves more and more these days. Do you think that's leading to a lot more people thinking of going down the plastic surgery route? Um, we're certainly getting lots of inquiry um, from people that are like, I I need to come in urgently to um, get some get some anti-wrinkle or get some filler because, um, yeah, and it, the people looking at themselves uh, a lot more online in videos. Do you think that um, all of these apps that create a really unrealistic photoshopping look is actually driving the trend, Richard? I'm not sure if they're driving the trend. They're not really patients that we see so much. I think you know those apps are a little bit um, a little bit frightening that young um, teenagers have access to create unrealistic photos to match unrealistic photos of celebrities that they may see uh, on social media. So that concerns me a little bit because the photos they're often trying to copy are are maybe not real photos to start with and then they they see what they can do with a a camera and a, a smart app and they think that that's going to be possible. So we haven't seen that maybe come through to surgical requests at this point, but uh, I think it's something that we probably need to be prepared for, need to be prepared to have those discussions because uh, as with all surgery, you need to set that expectation so that it's uh, something that's achievable. Otherwise, you're going to end up with unhappy patients. Mm. I imagine that's probably going to be a very difficult conversation in some circumstances where you can't convince someone that that's just not real. Yeah. So I think it's a big problem in, I think it can be a big problem in rhinoplasty uh, because it's such an easy part of your anatomy to manipulate in some of these softwares and, and rhinoplasty is a notoriously difficult operation and it's, 
the smallest um, irregularity is is just so obvious in a rhinoplasty. So I, I, I think rhinoplasty is an area where it's potentially quite dangerous and troublesome. Mm. And I, I have that conversation quite frequently regarding breasts as well, because even online photoshopped images of that roundness at the top of a breast, which really I, I frequently say, like, you know, the only way to achieve that is um, with Photoshop, with a really good push-up bra or with um, a reasonable size implant. So, um, you know, just, just setting... <laughs> <laughs> or duct tape, true. Hollywood tape. Um, yeah, so just just setting the um, standards as what's what's normal um, and what's realistically achievable um, can can be a hard conversation to have in whatever body part. And that's why the consultation is so important. So Kim and I will always show patients realistic results based on photos of previous patients who have similar body types to whoever's in front of us at the time. And we've got literally hundreds and hundreds of patients to choose from, but there's no point me showing a, a result, say of a tummy tuck of a, a weight loss patient to someone uh, who's just had a couple of pregnancies and has a little bit of loose skin. And there's obviously definitely no benefit in doing it the other way around where you've got a result on someone who has a very low body weight and a very small amount of skin and maybe some muscle separation to someone who's maybe lost 30, 40 kilograms because they're not necessarily going to end up exactly the mm. same way. And is that a common theme? It doesn't matter 10 years ago or now. Do you think that some people will always have unrealistic expectations of what they can actually achieve with surgery? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we are you know, professionals and we, we spend a lot of time with our patients prior to um, booking them in for surgery. So um, we really try to get to know someone and get to know their, um, their motivations for surgery and what their expectations are. And, and part of that is actually, um, you know, bring in, bring in photos of what you like and what you think you want to achieve. And that helps us to kind of get inside your head um, so to speak, to, to figure out what you're actually after. And then it's it's our job to whether we can match your starting point with your um, what your goal endpoint is. And there's certainly times where that is, is not achievable, um, depending on how realistic the expectations are. Um, but most of the time, it, 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 you know, most of our patients really are absolutely realistic and have really um, clear goals and um, you know, reasonable expectations of um, what they can achieve, and so you know that that's our that's our our role to be able to get to the bottom of that and figure all that out and um, get them from yeah. A to B. I suppose that's why you've got a podcast called Keeping It Real. <laughs> <laughs> the last fad that we're going to come to is, as most people are probably aware of, if they've watched Married at First Sight, is big lips fad. Or here to stay. What do you reckon? I'm going to go fat on that one, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Fat. Shocking. I, I think we talked about this on another podcast as well. Like, you know, that hopefully a fad. Um, <laughs> it's been around for a little while though. Um, but you know, there's there's lip enhancement where lips can be made to look um, aesthetic and um, look good with a 
with what um, from what a patient started with, but there is the trout pout, which is not aesthetic and not attractive, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, the products that we use are all—they're all made out of a, a gel, which calls it, which is called hyaluronic acid, which is a, a normal component of skin. So that's what is in all the fillers that that we would use. And I just caution anybody. And and the the beauty of that is that it is totally reversible if you don't like it. So if anyone is listening and does think that is attractive, I would always caution them: if you're going to try it, at least try it with make sure that the product that you uh, that your doctor or uh, injector is using is uh, a hyaluronic acid so that if you you walk out in two weeks later you're trying to work out why the hell you had it done it is actually reversible because there are some horror stories where people have had permanent fillers and there are plenty of them still on the market had that injected and then it is almost impossible to correct mm. it um, and if you do try and correct it it can leave horrible horrible deformities the trout pout for life trout pout for life <laughs> well on that note trends are always interesting thank you very much for joining us for another episode of keeping it real kim and richard thanks alex thanks alex Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media.